You're listening to Mobile Bunny by Moo Moo, demystifying markets one episode at a time. This content is strictly for educational and entertainment purposes only and should not be interpreted as a recommendation or investment guidance. Keep in mind that this information is not personalized and should not be the sole basis for your investment decisions as there may be additional factors to consider. Moomoo does not provide tax advice and any tax-related information provided is general in nature and should not be considered tax advice. Consult a tax professional regarding your specific tax situation. Hi, welcome to Mobile Money by Moomoo. I'm your host, Justin Zacks, Vice President of Strategy at Moomoo Technologies. I've spent my whole career in and around financial markets. This is a show that helps investors gain a better understanding of markets and their money. I don't know if I dread the last days of winter more or tax season. Monday, April 15th, that's the deadline and it's fast approaching. I think a lot of people don't start early because it's just so daunting and complex, especially for traders who may have investment gains and losses. Today, I'm gonna tell you what you need to know about tax filing and help you better understand some of the basics of planning and filing, the types of accounting and terminology, as well as some of the more complex tax topics. First, I think it's important to understand What type of taxes are we actually filing for here? Mainly when people talk about filing your taxes, they're talking about income taxes. And there's a bunch of different types of taxes. Payroll taxes, that's the FICA, Social Security and Medicare. There's sales tax when you go to buy goods. Property taxes on your real estate and income taxes. There's two main types of income. There's earned income. Those are things like wages, salary, tips, commissions, bonus. Uh, self-employment income. And then there's unearned income, which is what we talk about in terms of investing. In this podcast, we want to focus mainly just on federal taxes. That's retirement account withdrawals, social security income, pension income, capital gains on things like stocks, dividends, interest, savings bonds. All those things are unearned income. So it's important to understand the difference between the two. So if you have a job where you get a W-2, Uh, that's usually going to be earned income. And your employer is going to take out or you're going to tell the government to take out a certain amount of federal tax. Now, with unearned income, that's not the same. So if you have some stock gains, uh, you have to make estimated payments. And you can do this four times a year. The most recent uh, time deadline was January 15th. If you still haven't done that, you can still make your estimated payments Uh, by April 15th. Again, please check with your tax accountant, but it is important. And your broker will usually send you some tax forms. Just because you don't get a form doesn't mean you don't owe taxes, for instance, for your crypto holdings. But if you had crypto gains, uh, you're going to owe taxes on those. First thing you're going to want to do is get all of those documents all in one place. Probably the most important thing is to see if you're going to owe money because you can always file an extension. So instead of April 15th, You won't have to file your taxes till October 15th. That doesn't mean you don't have to pay your taxes, though. So you're going to have to get pretty close. You're going to have to estimate what your taxes are, and you're going to have to send the IRS uh, most of that money by April 15th. But it goes beyond just estimating how much you're going to pay. You really want to have some planning. Are you getting all the deductions and credits you qualify? So you're going to want to go through them step by step and then get more into them and say, well, do I want to make some changes or is there anything I can do before that April 15th? I think it's very important to understand actually how it works and particularly for your investments. And a lot of people might 
think of their stock in terms of the average price they acquired it. Let, let's take an example of XYZ stock. You bought 100 shares at 50, 100 shares at 100. So your average cost is $75. Uh, but for your taxes, it doesn't necessarily work that way. So if you sold it for 75, you would be zero if, if you use your average cost. But for stocks, uh, you really can't do that. You can only do this for certain mutual funds, but for stocks, you have to use different types of accounting. Uh, and let me just walk you through uh, two of the main ones. The first is called LIFO. And LIFO means last in, first out. First stock you bought was at 50, then it was at 100, and you sold it for 75. So in this case, you would take that stock at 100, and that would be the stock that you bought 100 shares. And so if you sold 100 shares, uh, it would be a loss of $25. In the opposite example, you would take something called FIFO, which means first in, first out. So if you sold 100 shares at 75, again, you have a total of 200. The first ones you bought were at $50. So you'd actually have a capital gain of $25. And you could see how this could be tricky when it comes to doing your taxes. Default for your broker is going to be that FIFO accounting, first in, first out. Disadvantage is that because stock prices tend to rise over time, the shares you bought first uh, probably have the lower cost basis, not always, but could. And so that you'll be paying a capital gain on a bigger number. And then LIFO, it's the opposite. So that's something to think about. Now that you understand the accounting, it's important to understand these forms. And I think a lot of people are very familiar with the, the W-2, uh, but when you have certain types of non-employment income, received on a 1099 form. And there's a bunch of different 1099s. 1099 INT stands for interest. So I think if you have a, a bank account uh, in the savings and it, they pay you a certain amount of interest, that's, that's going to be a 1099 INT. A 1099 DIV is, stands for dividends. If you have any dividend stocks and, and you could receive dividends throughout the year, you're going to get a 1099 DIV. A 1099R uh, that's distribution or payout from a pension, retirement plan, or an IRA. And then you have the 1099-B, and that's usually sent to a taxpayer uh, listing various transactions from your broker, such as you know your stock transactions. And sometimes these 1099s don't come as rapidly as you'll get your W-2s. Sometimes they're delayed, and sometimes you don't get them at all. It doesn't mean you don't owe that money, and it doesn't mean that you're not you don't have to use them in filing. So please contact your bank or your broker if you haven't received these forms uh, over a certain time uh, because you will need them. They will send them to the IRS as well. The IRS gets your 1099s as well as you. For certain types of investments, you may also receive a K-1 instead of a 1099. And we'll get into that a little bit later in the podcast when we talk about some of the more complex uh, tax treatments. So you have an understanding of the accounting behind it your cost basis, and you have an understanding of now the forms and where you're going to find this information. But then you have to say, well, how how, much, how do I calculate what I actually owe? Uh, and what are all these tax rates? And it's it's not as easy as it, as it looks. But generally, the way to think about it is the U.S. tax system is progressive. What that means is that you get a higher tax rate as your taxable income increase. So there's seven federal tax brackets, 10%, 12%, 22%, 24, 32, 35, and 37. And the more you earn, the more you're going to be taxed, and it, and, it, and it goes up to a certain level. So 
uh, at a certain level, you pay everything to 10% and you'd pay on the incremental uh, amount more, it'd be 12 and, and it moves up through all these tax brackets. And once you're up into that millionaire status, uh, all of that incremental income above a certain level is going to be taxed at 37%. And again, this is for your ordinary income. Capital gains are taxed in two different ways. The short-term gains are calculated with that ordinary, those ordinary rates. Long-term gains, which are over a year, are calculated on a different rate schedule. Those rates just have three brackets, 0, 15, and 20%. And again, this depends on your taxable income and your filing status. Additionally, for certain high income individuals, uh, you may owe a 3.8% tax called net investment income tax. Uh, you're only going to owe that if you're a modified adjusted gross income is above a certain amount. But if you do have, if you are a high earner and you've made a lot in your investments, that's something to be aware of. You might owe a 3.8% uh, above what you're paying on those short and long-term capital gains. So we've talked a little bit about capital appreciation, those capital gains, but you're also taxed on dividends. And dividends have those same rates. You're either taxed at ordinary income or you're taxed at that 0, 15, and 20. The 0, 15, and 20 is on qualified dividends, and there are certain qualifications uh, you need to meet, whether it's paid by a U.S. corporation, uh, whether the IRS views it as a true dividend, how long you've held it, and please, again, consult your tax uh, advisor uh, to walk you through these dividends. All these different brackets might have you very confused and I might just think, well, you know, how do I avoid it? And, and there's basically two ways of avoiding it. One is buy and hold strategy. So once you buy a stock, uh, you don't have to pay tax, assuming it doesn't pay dividends. You don't have to pay tax on any capital appreciation until you do sell it. And then you'll have a capital gain. at that point. The other way uh, is to have some type of retirement account. Uh, like an IRA, uh, where you would not pay tax immediately uh, until you have a distribution. And this is just taxes at the federal level, taxes on your investment. You may have capital gains and dividend taxes on your state taxes. Uh, and that's why a lot of people uh, want to move to states or they enjoy states where you don't have a, an income tax. Alaska, Florida, Nevada, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, uh, Washington and Wyoming all do not levy state income taxes, uh, while New Hampshire doesn't uh, tax earned wages. You're talking upwards of a 10% difference between a state that might not have uh, a state income tax and one that has a very high state income tax for high earners. What are some other ways to minimize your taxes? And probably the most popular one is called tax lost harvesting. I'm sure a lot of people have heard of this. And at this point, it's too late to do tax loss harvesting. You need to do it before December 31st of any year. The idea basically is this. So you have uh, a big gainer and you sold it and you're, you're going to have a big uh, capital gain and that will lead to a large uh, taxable event. And so what you would do is you would take a stock that you're down a lot of money on and then you would sell it. And so uh, that loss may offset in part or fully uh, the gain that you had on, on the stock that appreciated. And a lot of people think, well, they're going to get very cute and say, well, why can't I just, you know, do that? You know, I don't want to 
take a loss, but I'll sell this loser and then I'll buy it back the next day, you know, January 1st or whenever the first day of trading is. The IRS is on the on the lookout for those types of things. And they have a, a rule called the wash sale rule, which doesn't allow you to do that. You have to wait a certain length of time. So once once you sell that stock, you have to wait a certain length of time before you can buy it back. Another way to possibly minimize uh, taxes is to donate appreciated stock directly to charity instead of selling the shares, then paying the capital gains, and then taking that money. By donating it, particularly stock that has appreciated for more than a year, you're actually giving 20% more than if you sold the stock and then made the cash donation. So basically, you're avoiding that capital gains rate of uh, 20%. Say you're in that 20% bracket, for instance. And then you're still eligible to deduct the full fair market value of the stock uh, you donated from your income taxes. So uh, this is a strategy that some people use uh, to minimize uh, their taxes while still doing good and donating. Another way to minimize your taxes, at least uh, for the current filing year, is to put some of that money into a retirement account. The two most popular retirement accounts are 401ks and IRAs. So if uh, you're doing a 401k, you've already missed the deadline. That was December 31st. But that doesn't mean you can't start thinking about this year, 2024, and what you want to do to minimize your taxes. So just because we're in tax season for last year, 2023, doesn't mean you shouldn't already be thinking about planning for this year. We're already in 2024, so you can start thinking about it. But if you did it, the IRA, uh, you actually can still contribute for 2023 all the way up until April 15th. You want to put a little bit more in your IRA, you can make a contribution and that will lower uh, your overall taxes for, for the 2023 year. Additionally, if you're over 50, uh, you have catch-up contribution limits for both IRAs and 401ks. So it's something to think about around 50 and over, uh, something you can do uh, to really boost uh, those retirement savings so you've learned about the forms, the brackets, possible ways to minimize taxes. Uh, it still is a lot to handle. And, and a lot of people think, well, do you need help? And for a lot of people, the answer is yes. And some people can do it on their own, but it's it's it can be very complex. And there's different people you can go to, you know, a full service professional. But you can also buy software that can help you. And it's going to be a lot less than a full service professional. Uh, and the nice part about Moomoo is, uh, you know, I have a product like TurboTax and to its TurboTax, you can input tax information from the Moomoo app into TurboTax. And it, it makes it a lot easier than going through line by line and writing out every single trade. Moomoo has information on taxes on its own website. So you can go to www.moomoo.com backslash US backslash support backslash categories backslash 74 to find some information on taxes with the Moomoo app. So for the last part of the podcast, I want to get into some of the more advanced topics uh, around taxes and investing. There can be a lot of different tax treatments for other types of investments that you might be invested in. We're going to get into kind of two of those here. And the first of those is a section 1258 contract. Uh, and it basically is just a definition from uh, the Internal Revenue Code. Uh, and you're talking usually about uh, regulated futures contracts, foreign currencies, non-equity options. There's a, a bunch of different things that qualify. So again, please uh, consult your tax advisor to 
figure out exactly what qualifies. But but these get special tax treatment. That gets what's called 60, 40, 60 percent long-term capital gains brackets and 40 percent short-term. So it's something to think about uh, if you're, particularly if you're not that long buy and hold type of person. If you're trading in and out, these contracts must be marked the market. Meaning, even if you don't sell them, you're going to have to pay the tax on any gains you had for that year through the end of the year. But you get special treatment on things like SPX, and and these would these contracts, these options would have 60/40 special tax treatment, uh, which might be different from uh, you know another instrument like an ETF that tracked some of these indexes. So it's something to think about when when you're choosing which. Uh, types of contracts you want to trade, you can think about the tax treatment, particularly if they're very similar. And the second thing I want to talk about is instead of a 1099, sometimes you'll get it what's called a K-1 form. And these K-1 forms are used to report profit and losses from interest in limited partnerships. But a lot of times, uh, some of these ETFs that have commodities, currencies, precious metals, they have a different type of structure. They may be structured as some type of a limited partnership. And it's important to read the prospectus on some of these ETFs to know what you're getting into because you may be issued a K-1. It's going to have different tax treatments. It's going to be a lot more complicated. And a lot of times it's very important to realize that these K-1s come much, much later in terms of uh, you receiving them than a 1099. And you might even get them all the way up to April 15th and perhaps even beyond. Lastly, I want to talk about trader tax status, and this is for traders that trade a lot. You can file for trader tax status, gives you kind of business expense treatment, and you can get some meaningful tax benefits, being able to write off losses. You can have employee benefit deductions for retirement plans, and you can write off interest expense. So even understanding if you qualify or not is quite complex. You know, you kind of have to prove yourself uh, as you go along. I really suggest that you consult a tax professional. They'll be able to walk you through it. It's really beyond the scope of this podcast, but I just want to bring it up uh, for those people out there. Well, it's been really great talking with all of you. Hopefully you'll be back next week for another podcast. And until then, this is Justin Zacks uh, signing off. The opinions expressed are those of the host and any guest speaker and not necessarily those of Mumu Technologies, Inc. or its affiliates. The podcast is provided for informational and educational purposes only and is not a recommendation or endorsement of any particular investment or investment strategy that may be mentioned or covered in the podcast. All investments involve risk and the loss of principle as possible. Past performance does not indicate or guarantee future success. Mumu is not affiliated with any outside guests or their companies. Information provided in this podcast is general in nature and may not be appropriate for all investors. The Moomoo app is an online trading platform offered by Moomoo Technologies, Inc. Securities, brokerage products, and related services available through the Moomoo app are offered by Moomoo Financial, Inc., a member of FINRA, SIPC.